Welcome to this week's episode of Let's Talk Business. This week we're going to share a recording that was made in June of this year. It's a very deep and personal subject which has not been talked about publicly before. And it's regarding the health issues of Gabriel Bruno, a.k.a. Gabriel Hitman Myers. Anyone really who's ever known me has known that I'm somebody who tries to continuously keep going, continuously keep myself healthy in terms of training, you know, physically, mentally. But I think, obviously, during the COVID period, um, with, you know, with COVID happening and just, you know, things uh, developing and moving in a certain direction, I felt that it's kind of time to talk about what's been happening. So I'm... Hmm. So even now I'm thinking, how do I say this? But it's better to just say it like it is. At this point, I have ulcerative colitis and I have um, pulmonary sclerosis cholangitis, which is liver, liver disease. And with the uh, colitis, I've had that since 2012. And with the liver disease, I've had that since 2016. So... Yeah, it's been, boy, it's been a tough 10 years mm. altogether. It's been a tough 10 years, but, you know, to the grace of God, I'm here. And, boy, I'm, I ain't going away. I ain't going away. I want to keep on fighting, keep doing what I need to do, you know. And, I, you know, I'm going to keep on doing what I need to do and keep going forward and keep doing everything that needs to be done in order to continue to live, you know, live as a man you know, live, obviously, you know, to be father, husband, so on and so forth, but also to still do wrestling as well, even though some people may say, oh, gosh, like, you know, how can you still do wrestling? So, yeah. Hmm. I mean, yeah, it's been, it's been hard for you to balance that, for sure. But you, but, the fact that it's yeah. not really been openly spoken about, I know certain people knew hmm. that, you've, that you've had sort of health issues, but in, in general, I mean, you've managed to keep, we, we had, a, there was a break, what was your longest break? It's been a year. It was the end yeah, of yeah. was it end of twenty sixteen? Yeah. And then you started back up sort of mm. end of twenty eighteen, wasn't it? So yeah, about two years, I think. Yeah, two years. Yeah, two years. You had a two year break, 20, 2016 to twenty eighteen. Yeah. If I remember correctly, like the last match you had was for me, UKPW showcase with uh, Mr. Hollywood. Mm. And then your next match, actual match, would have been two years later than that, in November against Steve Manelli. Yes, right? I remember. That's right. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So they were the two. And in between, obviously, you did. Uh, you you went to shows. You came to my shows. You you did sometimes. You did commentary, mm. or you did like you did some run-ins and stuff like that. But you didn't actually work a match in those two no. years. So that's yeah. That no. was your long your longest break. But you've, yeah, I mean, we kind of kept that as a, we didn't announce that you were like having health issues or that you, you were actually officially on a, like retired or anything like that because he wasn't retired. We didn't announce no, that of course on, so. on a break. We just yeah. quietly stopped booking you for matches. Yeah. Just to give yeah. you that time to sort it all out. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, because I mean, we've, as you say, go back to 2012, it was mm. first, you were wrestling wise, you were uh, with RV. Yeah. And I was I was booking RMV at the time, and you you had not long become the RMV champion. I remember <laughs> yeah. that, that that was November two thousand eleven. So you won you won yeah. the championship, and you were the babyface. You just me and you had split 
in the business mm. and, and we were feuding. So it was mm. like, you, yeah, you were the champion. And I think it, was, it would have been, when did you actually realize that you had it? Because obviously it would have been lingering. So for March, me, but... it, was, it was lingering personally. I think it was lingering from the beginning of 2011. So mm-hmm. I could feel the effects so much. So anyone who knows about colitis, it's basically an inflammation in the bowel. So what it does basically, it causes you to go toilet quite frequently. So sometimes you bleed when you go toilet. So from the beginning of 2011, I was bleeding a lot. So obviously I was doing gym training as, as we used to do in Vauxhall, the gym. Yeah. I'll be doing training on my own. And I'll just be getting these mad <clears throat> rumbles in my tummy. Then I'll be going to it so often to the point where I can't control it. And I remember around mid-August, so that was 2011, obviously I was preparing to go to France. Mm. So in my mind, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to go France uh, uh, in connection with my work. Yeah. So I thought, okay, whatever the problem is, I, let me try to sort it out from then. But anybody who hears this, I advise you to, to do it. Do not ever sit back and think, oh, it will go away on its own. Mm. I think that's probably the worst thing I ever did. Because if I got it sorted out a year earlier, I'm not saying that obviously it could have been, it would have gone, but I think it would have been handled a lot better. Especially, you know, with how I was feeling and, and you know, me having to go to hospital for a significant period of time. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah by the time I won the R&B belt, I was basically a mess physically. You know what I mean? I, I was going to toilet maybe 10 times a day. Um, I was having rumbles. Sometimes I'd be having these headaches. I'd be finding it hard sometimes to catch my breath. And it wasn't even because, because I'm choking. It's basically because when you're losing blood, you lose hemoglobin, which basically, um, it's basically, what's it called? The red blood cells. So basically it's oxygen in the red blood cells. is what basically helps you to breathe. Mine basically was really low. So when I eventually did um, get diagnosed with colitis, for a man, it's supposed to be 14 to 16. Mine was 4.7. So on their point, they was like, what in the, how was you doing it? Basically, I was working, I was training, I was doing everything. And I remember I used to always feel out of breath, always see stars, always have headaches. But there's that part of me where I kind of grew up, you just have to keep going, keep going. That, okay, it'll get sorted, it'll get sorted. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think by the time I, I, think by the time I won the belt for r to be honest, physically, I may have looked okay, but I knew in my mind, I knew something wasn't right. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't too long. It was October that, that you won the championship. Me and you yeah. The time when I noticed, I, I put it down to obviously because you'd got, you'd gone to France, you'd start working, yeah. you had a job like a, a, where you would go, you'd actually live in France for a while and do yeah. working over there, but you were still coming back, coming back to England anyway to like visit and you and yeah. link it in. You thought, okay, I'll tie that in with my my wrestling show. Yeah. There's your commitment there. <laughs> come back for the <laughs> R&B show so like to, to defend oh, your gosh. championship. But it was yeah. like, yeah, you were coming back, so obviously you'd hang out and you come back yeah. and and you do your wrestling show. Come back for mm. like end or whatever once a month so you went over did, was it january that you went to france was it december no so it was around december time december so yes yeah, so you went to the, in december and i remember i do remember like because we were we were working a ladder match for rmv yeah. championship in january at their january yeah. event i remember you, i remember notes today you, like you lost a lot of weight i i obviously yeah. put that down to figuring yeah you're in france you yeah it's just uh your adjustment there and yeah working and obviously you know like probably weren't eating as good as you should have been you know mm. just stressed because it's uh yeah it's a new experience i, I just mm. yeah I, that's what i put that down i just assume you know like you, you kind of let yourself you know let yourself go but you're not you're not being able to keep going yeah you know, gym and 
Is that because yeah. you looked? Yeah, you lost a lot of weight. It just started in January, and by February, by March, you definitely had lost a lot. Yeah. But obviously, that's that was what was going on. We, we didn't. Yeah. We didn't realize. You didn't realize. That, right? No. And yeah, and 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 then it was. It would have been. We was coming up to. I remember you did a show in January, probably, mm. and then you came back and did a show in February. Worked out. Yes. Yes, I remember. And then March, you was going to do... Yes, that's right. At the end of the February, the show, you, you wrestled Dale Jones, you won. You kept the championship. And then we did a, an angle with Humongous. Ah, uh, yeah. Anyone who knows Humongous, <laughs> he is, he is yeah. Humongous. <laughs> he is yeah. massive. He's, he's a big, yeah, he's a big, uh, huge... Not sure how many stone, but he, the, the guy's big. Yeah, I think yeah. he's sort of on the mold of giant haystack. And he came... We did an angle there where he, he attacked you afterwards and gave you the splash... That kind mm. of like, yeah, we were kind of going for kind of an earthquake attack, yeah, on a Hulk Hogan. You know, that was my because I was walking, I was like, okay, I want you to be like, yeah, like you have this big monster, you're Andre the Giant Earthquake Challenger, mm. and he, yeah, and he's attacked you. Like, you had a, I think you had a stare down and he cheap shotted you, and he gave you the like, yeah, it was yeah. like, yeah, that was a story that he's, he's, he's not putting you out of action. That wasn't the plan. <laughs> we used that, but no. that wasn't the plan. So, no. the idea was like, he's just, yeah, he's giving you like this big big attack and then in the run-up like it must have been a week or two before the next show which would have been march we hadn't right. luckily at that time like r&b didn't really make big announcements about matches yeah you know, it was a small time generation it wasn't uh like yeah we had a presence on the internet facebook and that stuff but it wasn't yeah. like where we all oh, these are the matches that are going to happen they kind yeah. of even though i would have booked them already i planned it as a booker yeah i i, I knew what matches i was going to go for but we didn't announce it because it might change on the day. But generally, because just to get some perspective, like RMV used to be when I first started wrestling for RMV and I had nothing to do with the actual promotion in terms of booking, mm. you would literally people would just show up on the day and matches would be made. So you kind of knew, like, yeah, oh, you, certain people would be asked to come. Some yeah. people probably would just show up, and it's kind of like, uh, like if I wrestled for them, so they knew every every show I'd be there. That was the kind of thing. Yeah, if you tell me what the date is, I'll be there. And I'd let yeah. you know if I'm not. So I was kind of like, I understood that I'd be on every show. But I didn't know always what match I was going to have. Sometimes something would be planned in advance. But a lot of times you'd show up and then you'd be, oh, you're working him. Oh, you're working him. But when I took over the booking of it, like I wanted that order. So sometimes we changed things on the day, but generally we knew the matches. Now, I can't remember what we we had planned for you. But it wasn't it wasn't what we turned out. So originally you would have probably worked somebody else and, and we'd kind of settled after you a little bit. I think you went in the ladder match. We were done. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's why you wrestled Dow Jones. Cause he was one of my allies in R and B. Yeah. And it's like, we kind of moved you away from me. So you settled, you like, you beat me in the ladder match. So you kind of settled that feud ish. Yeah. Like we could still have matches, but you kind of won the feud. Yeah. And then because you were, so I mean, yeah. So take it from there. Like in the in the run up to the next R and B show, you found out that you had had your issues. Yeah. So obviously, I did the show with um, I did a match against uh, Dow Jones, and I did the angle with Humongous. And basically, like you said, he basically kind of put me out of commission without really trying to do it in terms of the storyline perspective. Yeah. And I think it was around maybe two, so about like three weeks later. I remember. Just not really feeling well. Same thing, you know, with the stomach and everything like that. And I had an incident basically where I passed out. And then <clears throat> I was told to go to the doctor and basically do a blood test just to, you know, see how you're doing. 
And in my mind, I was thinking, okay, I knew it was something, but I didn't think it was serious. So I remember in the morning, I went to do a blood test. And then by the evening, I remember it was 5.14 in the evening. They called me. So my local um, GP called me and said, Mr. Bruno. I said, yeah, Mr. Bruno. And they said, oh, um, we need to tell you something. I said, okay, what's the matter? They said, oh, you have, um, you're anemic. I said, what's anemic? I didn't know what it was. And anemic because basically when um, your iron levels are very, very low. And he said, no, you know, you're really anemic to the point you need to go to the hospital. I said, what, what now? They said, yeah, you need to go now. Basically, you could die. And I remember, I think I called you. Mm. <laughs> I called you. I said, this is what, you know, this is what the doctors are saying. What do I do? And I remember thinking, why am I asking you? What do I do? But it's like, I just didn't know what to do because I was in shock. And then obviously I went in the next day. And um, <laughs> I remember when I went in, they literally just let me through. So say, I went to the GP and then they told me straight away, you must go to the hospital, which was about maybe two minutes down the road. Mm. And I, I went in and I remember they put me in this room and there was about four doctors there. And there were, no, there were four doctors, so three doctors and one surgeon there. And they was all looking at me Asked me, you know, what day it is, how old am I, what, um, what's my name, looking at my eyes and can I see and all sorts, all sorts of stuff. And then I remember they said to me, oh, you have something called colitis. I said, what's colitis? And they said, oh, it's like an inflammation in the bowel. I said, I don't, I don't get it. What does it mean? And basically said that, you know, you're not well at all. But I think I called you as well. <laughs> I called you. I think you came down. Yeah. And I would see they basically put us basically like in a box. Remember that box room away from everybody? Mm-hmm. And I remember just kind of sitting there and just being very, what's the word? Beaten, if that makes sense. Because I think anyone who kind of knows me, yeah, I, didn't really, I don't, didn't, don't drink, don't smoke, don't do drugs, don't do, don't do anything. You know, my thing was always eating good. Sometimes I ate a bit of junk, but very rarely. Um, I trained, you know, four or five times a week, you know, and for me, obviously wrestling was my life. And people might say, oh, well, yeah, you, you just say that. But no, literally wrestling was my life. Anybody who knows my childhood, wrestling basically was my comfort, you know, in my childhood. It helped me basically along with a lot of terrible stuff that happened to me, which, you know, I'll go, and, I'll go into down the line. But, um, yeah, I remember just sitting there and just being like, oh, what do I do now? And everybody said to me, no, you'll be in here for at least a week, minimum. And I was like, okay. And I remember they gave me three bags of iron Two bags, no, two, three bags of iron, three bags of blood, and they gave me basically like water. So basically, they said they didn't want me to actually drink fluids, but just take it as an IV. And I remember I said to you, Oh, can you take a photo? Mm. And I remember you took a photo and put it online. And I think, um, did you basically do it as a pun on Humongous? Well, no, yes. Yeah. So it wasn't uh, like I just put it on. <laughs> no, you, you want to use it for, for a storyline reason. That's like, it. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And not like I just took your personal photo. I said, right, gonna <laughs> turn it into a, a joke. Yeah. It was yeah. Basically, obviously, we took a we we did take that photo of you in the bed. And yeah. <laughs> I think was it Cell was there as well. My friend Cell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I remember so. Then we did, we did do a joke photo, which we didn't put online. I need to find it somewhere yeah. where we're pretending that I'm attacking you in, <laughs> in the bed because <laughs> we were yeah. like we were enemies. <laughs> so that was yeah. kind of the. Yeah, but uh, yeah, with your permission, with your like, because you, yeah, you're happy for yeah. it, we put we put it on yeah. on the like the Facebook page to basically say like um, you've been suffering like complications from the attack 
by Humongous. Mm. They gave you a storyline because, yeah, if we look at you, you wouldn't be at the show. And yeah. it's a way to, like, yeah, give you a storyline excuse as the champion. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah, so we took, we took that photo. We put it on online. And I guess, yeah, like, yeah we'll, some people probably would have thought. Because, again, you didn't, you didn't make it public that you're genuinely no. didn't put on Facebook. No. I mean, hospital. No, it's no. probably it was private. So yeah. in, as far as people are concerned, yeah, we, we're really good at connections. We <laughs> 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 get a photo in a hospital bed <laughs> where you yeah. look for our angle. Like, hey, this is WWE level. <laughs> yeah. we, go, we, go on, uh, we go on location. So yeah, yeah kind of, we, but we used it. No, I mean, nobody sort of, yeah, it's Gabe okay because no one actually knew that you were genuinely, yeah. they just thought, oh, so, yeah, clever have a little trick that we're doing to make our storyline look convincing. Yeah, like give it a mm. make give it a make it a bit more of a yeah. Just, mm. just not not I mean nobody believed that Humongous really beat you up for real. No of course. Match, <laughs> but you know like again yeah. it's adding that little bit of okay there's yeah they, they made an effort to not just say he's in he actually looks Indian in the hospital we've got a picture of him in the yeah. hospital bed. So yeah. yeah so that was that was the story behind the photo. I need to find that picture of him pretending they give you a punch. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I remember us taking that one. It was uh, like a tongue-in-cheek photo. Yeah. Like, as if Anton Green shown up, <laughs> Mr. Clean shown up in the in the hospital to take Gabriel Myers when he's in. We never used that one. It's like the Stone Cold McMahon thing, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to the cops you would want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that that was that was where you feel like you finally like knew there was there was actual. Yeah. Something was wrong. Yeah. You had yeah. something. To see. Mm. Yeah, I, I do remember. I mean, I remember that time clearly. I was very worried. Mm. I came down, being in the hospital, staying with you for that. Mm. Um, yeah, it was. It was very worrying. You know what? It's like for me, I've never been like afraid of of death or anything like that. But I remember, honestly, and you know, I, you know, I have no embarrassment, or you know, I don't feel ashamed to say it. I thought I was going to die. Mm. I legitimately thought I was going to die because I remember there was a priest that came in and you know he started to pray for me and i got worried thinking no 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 no, don't don't do that and it wasn't because obviously i don't believe in god because obviously you know i believe in god but i just thought when they start doing that it's that last right prayers mm. usually they don't do that unless it's like you're gonna go so i remember i told them like get out i don't i don't want you in it so i think it was for nearly nearly 72 hours i say around 60 hours i couldn't sleep i couldn't sleep at all because i thought i'm gonna drop dead in my sleep you know, or, or my iron was low and stuff like that. So I remember they said to me, Mr. Bruno, you've got to sleep. I said, I cannot sleep. I can't sleep. So basically they gave me an injection. Basically to force me to go to sleep. Mm. And I think I slept for nearly, nearly 24 hours. I was just killed. So, yeah. But obviously it's the initial kind of shock. And it's about trying to understand, you know, where do you go from there and what, what do you do really? But yeah. I think I was in hospital for about a week and a half. And I think it was quite hard to adjust to it just because I would say, I thought, okay, well, what do I do? And they said, you know, you can still live a normal life, but then, you know, you've got to take these medications, pills. And, you know, anyone who knows me, I'm not someone who likes to take pills. You know, I've grown around people who've taken, you know, medication and things like that. But, you know, the way I kind of grew up was basically you take natural things. Mm. You know, you only take paracetamol if the natural herbs don't work. If they don't work, okay, you take it. You know, but I thought, okay, there's natural herbs, something to take. And I remember I was speaking to quite a few people. I said, we, we don't know what, we don't even know what this, this disease is. You know what it is. So, you know, they had me on all sorts of like medications. I think I was taking 
about 14 pills a day. For like the first six months, I was taking 14 pills a day. And I remember just always being very sluggish. Wasn't so much having headaches, but it's like, you know, when it's like you're there, but you're not there. They call it the, the, they call it the thousand yard stay. Mm. So a lot of people basically who go to war, basically they come back with the thousand yard stay because obviously they've had like uh, trauma. Mm. Yeah. And to me, basically, it was like a trauma, basically, where I'll just be sitting and it's like, you're looking at me, but it's like, I'm just, I'm elsewhere. And it wasn't like I was doing it on purpose. I, I reckon it was just because um, maybe, or I could say now, probably I was obviously scared. Uh, to me, obviously, it was, it was a trauma of some sort because obviously you just went from being okay to someone telling you basically you're going to die. And it's just like, you know, you've always been healthy, you've always been good. And, you know, yeah. But, yeah, I think after that first week and a half that I came out, I think, to be honest, the first... So it, was, it would have been March, April. So May, June, July, August. The first four months was probably the worst I've had because I was afraid to go out my house. Um, you know, I, I was having constant flare-ups. So basically flare-ups basically meaning when, you're, when you have colitis or Crohn's, you have what you call a flare-up, which basically means when your bowels are constantly inflamed. So basically like it keeps being triggered. Mm. So with the medication, it's to basically keep your inflammation down. So when I first had colitis, I was going to toilet about 12 times a day. So just imagine you'd be doing something, and then you just the urge come to go toilet. And so like you can't hold it. Like if you don't go, you're basically going to go yourself, number one and number two. Mm. And it could be at home. It could be outdoors. It could be at work. It doesn't matter where it is. And I was having this thing all the time to the point where I had to basically know that, okay, if I'm going to the shop, is there a toilet along the way? Mm. Or if I'm going out, for example, is there a pub or is there a hospital? It was getting to the point where it was like that. I had to time myself. Okay, I know I can do half an hour. And then, okay, I might do 22 minutes. And then, oh, I've got to go. Is there a hospital? Is there a toilet? And it was getting to that point where life was becoming difficult from that point of view. And, um, yeah, I think after August, I think I went back in again because it was just really bad. And I think I was in for about maybe two weeks. And I think that's when I noticed myself that something's wrong in terms of I can't train properly because I think when me and you was training, I was training. Mm. And obviously, I was bleeding a lot afterwards. So to be, you know, quite frank, but I'll just keep it real. I'm training with you, I'm training by myself, and I'm bleeding. And obviously when you're bleeding, you're losing hemoglobin. And when you're losing hemoglobin, what happens? Your oxygen level goes down. So hence I'm feeling, <sighs> and that's, it's like a revolving circle. So it's like, I want to train, but I can't train for my intensity because again, I'm just feeling like I'm, I'm, I'm out of it. Mm. So yeah, it was quite difficult. Yeah, because you did, make, you did make a brief. So when you had that, we... You actually did come to a show remember, uh, yeah. in March. You came because you were the champion, and, and we did a we did an angle that got the belt off of you. Yeah, where you came as if like you want to actually wrestle. You know, there's no no way you were going to wrestle. Mm. You came like yeah, ready for the match. Came out with your entrance and everything. And it's like mm. uh, originally I wouldn't have been wrestling you on the March show. Yeah, but because we hadn't announced what the matches were going to be, we we switched it up. And what we did is like I was going to have a rematch with you. Mm. for the championship and because you're so we i think in the run-up to it when we put that picture out it was like basically saying that like you're scheduled for a match with me on the march show and yeah. i'm refusing to just like let it be postponed it's like no like scheduled match so you yeah. face me it's like doctors aren't going to let you no. wrestle <laughs> which will mean yeah. if that happens if the doctors don't let you wrestle 
I'm refusing to like step aside and I'll get my like solicitors involved. So you're, I'm going to end up being awarded the championship by four, which is what we did on the show. So we came out yeah. and uh, we did that where it's like, I, I demand the belt. You, you, you had to give forfeit the belt, but you grabbed me by the tie and, <laughs> and lobbed, yeah. lobbed me to the floor. Like, yeah, we will come back. And then yeah. we, did, we did like an impromptu match. I think I defended against Vane then. So that was, that was got the, yeah. the belt off of you without obviously having to do a match or anything like that. And yeah, you know, and and then you you had that break. You did actually you did come back in that same year, November I think it was. Yeah, before that you, yeah, actually, you did wrestle in August I think. Did I wrestle August? You wrestled, you wrestled hmm. humongous. Oh yeah yeah yeah. You, yeah, yeah so yeah. you had a very brief yeah you had a very brief like we you know so we thought okay it's kind of under control. We yeah. Like, and then you were going to start wrestling again. And you did a few shows and I forget with the flare up and stuff. You did so you needed to step yeah. away again so i think yeah august you did a match with with humongous mm. uh i know you did before you did july you wrestled again in yeah. july because you did a match yeah. where, where he beat you and then you wrestled yeah. him again in a rematch at the summer show we did in august uh and, yes, and you slammed yes. him and pinned him yeah yeah so yeah you actually you actually you, you took a few months and then you tried yeah. again like july yeah remember you did yeah you did that match you did two matches with humongous and i think you did a couple more shows and then it's like now you to step away yeah. again so coming into like 2013 you were much better well yeah but you were you weren't wrestling no the first part of that year no you were, yeah you were, that's when we, i think you, that's the first time you would have done commentary actually for r&b yeah that's when you commentated <laughs> on a, a a rumble event and i remember i, I eliminated someone and you're like he deleted him it's like before it's before <laughs> matt hardy ever come up with delete, yeah. delete. It's like, i eliminated someone in like yeah, I love that call. So yeah, you did you did some commentary for them. Oh yeah. And, and then probably but I, I think yeah, within 2013 you started wrestling again because there was that little other promotions as well, like you were doing um I don't know if they were called British Heritage Wrestling at the time, but it was British Heritage Wrestling. Yeah. You did you did like their their shows, the initial shows. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember going into like in 2013, didn't we? Didn't that's the first time you wrestled Kyle Ashmore? Yes, yeah, first time, yeah. Yeah, that was in 2013. So you still did RMV shows. Because yeah. I remember mm-hmm. like you having a bit of a break in 2013 and then probably yeah, so maybe like midway through the through the year you started working the shows again for RMV and mm. you're working elsewhere. Because mm. I remember that's the thing, because then you had you had a pretty decent period where you were able to keep yeah. up like you know, you got you started wrestling again in 2013. Yeah. And you and as we said, you didn't have to take that break again until the end of 2015. So you yeah. got you had a good run there because I remember 2013 because obviously being we were talking about me starting up like UKPW shows again, mm. like relaunching, doing my own promotion. So I was I was, I was a booker at RMV. I had yeah. I'm like yeah, over what matches and and we were talking like we wanted to get you back up to to the level you wanted to be and and where you need. Yeah, we started put like you started working. People that could that would do the more faster paced matches like Kieran Donnelly, yeah. Tommy Martins, because mm. also as you, as you do it, like the plan was for that that first show back that I was going to do for UKPW in January 2014, I wanted you to work Chris Wilde. Yeah, I remember. And I remember as I was telling you, I knew Chris from years back, and his style of wrestling, like he does a lot of spots, he's very fast paced mm. and he's hard hitting as well. Yeah, like you working Chris, like yeah, and there's a lot of stuff that he's going to want you to remember. Yeah. your spots it was like okay need to get you ready for that because this is something you've not experienced before <laughs> and yeah. you do remember me and you used to joke about like tommy because tommy yeah. loved like to 
and like he matches and he's like do this 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 and you're like wow so much to remember and i was like mm. even tommy for somebody who plans that much he met chris wilde he met his master <laughs> like chris had so much like yeah like that he wanted to do and i remember tommy like so <gasps> it's like he can't keep up with it yeah so that was that was your tear yeah so you i mean it was like not only you come you getting back into it you're going to get back into a pretty demanding level so i remember yeah i remember you getting ready for that and, and that and that went well so you came back in like january 2014 with you'd already started wrestling but january 2014 you wrestled for, the, for me ukpw you had like matches with james mason yeah it was really yeah you're really keeping like keeping yourself active and all throughout 2014 i mean i, I did probably about five or six shows that year yeah. you were working other shows as well for like tw or cause yeah. uh bhw yeah even even like rmv was still running simultaneously for a for the start of 2014. Yeah, that's true yeah so you yeah you had a pretty you know you were very fairly busy hmm. in 2014 and then the same for 2015. obviously my the frequency of ukpw shows picked up in 2015 so you were you were working hmm. those and hmm. It, yeah, things really seem to be going going well. Like obviously, it was still there. You still had free tit. You still had issues with it, but it was like it was under control, and you were able, yeah, like you know, to do everything that you needed to do. Mm. And then, and then we got to, towards the end of 2015, and that's that was the time. Like I remember, then you, we had to we had a show. So you you wrestled in November against Kyle Ashmore, yeah. mm. and and then. You, we were going in no not it wasn't yeah it was kyle ashmore it was yeah he was yeah. you wrestled him in that show first one yeah and then the the next show would have been like a few weeks later in december and originally yeah. i was supposed there was somebody who's american wrestler called american wrestler it was gonna he was gonna come over and he contacted me about coming over what to was again? i think it's kevin phoenix okay i think so i'm not positive but uh, i don't want to <laughs> say it was kevin phoenix and some of a guy i think his name is kevin <laughs> phoenix and he contacted me about coming over to the uk but i think he ended up having a another book in like the, the book he couldn't, he couldn't get to us there was something some reason he didn't make the show but luckily you you were you were the guy i was going to work and he yeah you couldn't do the show was like okay mm -hmm. no in the end like no one was actually let down in terms of you two so we had yeah. another opponent we just had to yeah just rub that back but if if uh, he had still made it, we'd have had to find somebody else for him to work. Yeah, because that was another thing where it just kind of caught you. So what happened there in the end of twenty fifteen? So the end of twenty fifteen, um, my colitis was basically getting worse, and obviously I didn't know at the time, but my level started to go as well. Obviously, I look at it now, my level you know was starting to go. So I remember that. Again, same thing with the uh, same thing with my stomach. I was, you know, bleeding quite a lot, getting a lot of pains. But I think I was trying to. I said I was trying to. I was doing training, but where I was doing it five, six times a week, I was only doing it about three times a week, and I was struggling to even do three times a week. Mm. Really struggling. And I remember just to even run sometimes. And let's say I run maybe for ten minutes, which is usually quite easy. I'm running ten minutes, and I'm exhausted to the point of where, you know, like when you hear that beep in your ear. Mm. It was getting to that point, and I was thinking something's wrong. And um, I remember, again, I passed out in the street, right enough, near the cinemas. And I got taken to the hospital. 
And I found out basically that obviously I was flaring up, which is one thing. Um, and I was severely dehydrated, severely dehydrated. And there was a problem with my liver, but we didn't know how bad it was at the time. Mm. So funny enough, I was actually supposed to go and do a show with Dom in Belgium. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Then I think literally I was trying to recover quickly so I could go to Belgium. Mm. But obviously after about two days, I realized, yeah, I wasn't going to make it. Yeah, so I think it was um, trash, trash yeah. man. They went yeah. to go do, do it off me, which, from what I was told from them, they said it was pretty good. They enjoyed it and they did well. So I was, you know, I was happy for both of them. And um, but pissed for you. Yeah. Again. Happy for both of them, but pissed for you. Oh yeah, yeah. Obviously, I wasn't too happy for myself, but I mm. thought the fact that trash, you know, trash man could go is good for him. It's a European mm. booking. It's the money for him, but also it can help him, you know, get more bookings if, if he wants out of it. And same thing for Dom. But I remember I was in hospital again for about maybe a week and a half. And literally, I thought I was going to die. Because I remember just finding it very, very hard to breathe um, to the point basically where I was like constantly hyperventilating, constantly. So even to take a breath, it like, hurt to take a breath. And I think there was an incident basically where um, I was with the nurse. And all I remember vaguely was that, um, sorry, <clears throat> all I remember is that I remember looking at the nurse. And my heart was so low. And it's like, I felt so weak. And I remember just thinking, I'm dying here. So I thought in my head, I turned like a little prayer in my head. And I thought that was it. And then I don't remember what happened afterwards, but then I was told that apparently I, you know, jumped out of bed and, you know, there was a little incident where, you know, when you're very dehydrated, basically your body goes into, you know, overrides. So basically I was in shock. My body, I just went to shock, basically. And um, yeah, I think I stayed in for about maybe another five days after that. But that was basically like the worst I'd ever been, apart from when you know my first diagnosis after that. But I was basically told that look, you got to quit wrestling. You know, basically you got to quit even working. They even put it back. They even put that on me. You know, I have to quit working. You got to quit everything. And at that point, it wasn't so much my age or nothing like that. But I just thought, you know what? I still feel like I can. I still like I feel like I can wrestle. I still feel like I can work. I still still I still feel like I can do quite a lot. So in my mind, I was like, I'm not quitting. I'm keep going. And these are basically the doctors you're supposed to be helping me. <laughs> so, but, um, wrestle. I don't think I wrestled next year, did I? You did. Yeah, you did. You, yeah, because I think you took a, at that point, it was kind of like, I think you, you probably missed a few shows of 2016. <laughs> and it was kind of like, okay, we, yeah. Where, where possible, like we won't sometimes you, you know, maybe see how you feel. Like, I think you did a few sometimes. You did like, um, when we were doing the bonus match, a dark match, then yeah, it was like, okay, because then, like, we're not going to announce it. So, maybe yeah. you worked one with Chris, Chris Murphy, yeah. and it was yeah. like, yeah, we're not going to announce that you're that you're wrestling on the show, but if you can, yeah, you know, just yeah. Keep, you, keep you involved and yeah, you know, and that you're at the show. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so and you did the you did the cage match that year. Yeah, I remember, yeah. You teamed yeah. up with Steve Minnelli against uh Trashman and Nell. You also yeah. did the the comic convention. Oh, yeah. You did, yeah, you did quite a few. I think by March you yeah, we you were able to do some shows, but it was kind of on the like me and you were of the understanding like of we won't yeah. do anything too long term with you, like big storyline plans or anything like that, because yeah, we've got to take it day by day. Like gotta yeah. just see how you're yeah, if you can if you do uh a show obviously you want to you want to carry on working but we got to be prepared that you know you're not 
you're not at your best at the moment. You're not sure. No. Yeah. Uh, no. But you did, yeah, you did a couple of shows in March. Mm. You did the caged show in April. Yeah. And I think so. That's a, then you, so let's say sometimes you would just do commentary, but you might wrestle a bonus match as well. Yeah. Like a dark match. How we did those, they weren't, they weren't really like we had to join the doors open period of the UKPW show. Like, so there would be a crowd. Mm. As people start to take their seats, and people were normally seated by that quarter to, yeah. yeah. So, if, so if the show was going to start at three o'clock in the afternoon, yeah, the doors opened at half two, and by two forty-five, people were normally yeah. They still have a few people might be coming. Most people already arrived and taken their seat. So mm. we would kick off like do a like a ten minute, fifteen minute match two forty-five before yeah. the official start of the show. So it was in yeah. front of fans. It's a bonus. If people show up on t- yeah early, they get to see an extra match. Yeah. That, that was how we worked that and then like on the same show you might do commentary yeah because that's how see we kind of you would do occasional matches but you didn't wrestle on every show you did um no. yeah you also did one in the summer that year mm. and then you were kind of like mainly doing some commentary and that's what led to you having the feud we talked about it uh at one point with uh you you did the feud with mr hollywood yeah there'd been plans for you to do that with him before but it kind of been dropped we yeah. kind of re we had you like take a bribe, like take money from the tycoon, his former manager, uh, to, to attack him. <laughs> so he was on commentary. I think it was um I think we'd done a stipulation. It was the first wild card event we did. The stipulation was if Hollywood's team wins, he gets the five minutes with the tycoon. That that type yes. of that gimmick. And it's like, okay, so he's won. Now he gets his five minutes with the tycoon. The tycoon's like trying to escape, running around ringside, he's coming over to you asking for help commentary yes and you like pick him up and <laughs> take him to the ring like you're delivering him to mr hollywood like no i'm not gonna help you you're gonna and you're in there like yeah go on hollywood kind of thing yeah doing the cut 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 thing the cut cut symbol yeah. for him to beat him up and then as he went mm. for the his finisher like a razor's edge you mm. gave him a low blow and and beat him up and then you took money from the tycoon like, okay you've been hired and then you did yeah. that match and going into that we knew that okay this is going to be kind of like a, a an unofficial like on song for now yeah you wanted to have a really good match you wanted to go out on a really good match yeah and it be your last one for a while you do that yeah we didn't announce it nobody yeah nobody really knew that other than like yeah. me and you but it's like, okay this is this is a big match because hollywood was great at like storytelling and hyping oh yeah so it's like it felt like a really big deal and you know and he looked the part he looked he looked like a star he had that look and it's like you two and the two of you like clash the titans we really yeah. hyped that. I, I honestly say it's one of the best pieces of business we ever done, like for UKPW. That was really good. The hype for that, the the quality and the actual match, and yeah. it was on on our like second showcase event. It was like that. Yeah. That was one of the best matches that we we've we've ever done at UKPW. Like for the build up and the delivery of it. And mm. I think you got you got the power bomb, like the Razor's Edge power bomb through the table to finish. Yeah. He power bombed you for it, and he beat you. So. Yeah. Yeah, and that was that was okay. So now you're you're on a break. So not only are you not working like UKW shows, you're not working shows for now. You're taking bookings. Yeah, and you were yeah you're on hiatus for about like two years. Yeah. So. See, during that period, it's actually quite funny. I say it's funny. It's funny, but I think I was basically told by my surgical team that look, either we put a colostomy bag in you, a stoma, or basically we could do some work in your bowel basically to where we can essentially cut part of your bowel out so we can basically get rid of that that part of information. Mm. But you would still need treatment going down the line. But if that bit of the bowel was cut out, basically it would improve air quotes, improve my quality of life. 
So I thought, okay, you know what? If I take the time off, just do the surgery, even though really I didn't want to do it, but I thought it was going to help my life, you know, help sort out my life and give me better quality, obviously, to live longer, then yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. But then obviously, when they, when I finally was supposed to go for it, they changed it, said, okay, you know what? We think we're going to go for a colostomy bag. And basically, anybody knows what a colostomy bag is. It's um, a tube where, um, so it's a tube basically where they put in your stomach where essentially where your bowel would be. So if you need to go, you don't actually know you're going, you just go by yourself. But it's actually out instead of actually being in the body. Mm. The stoma basically is where the pouch is inside and you get like a little bubble basically on your stomach. That's what the stoma is. So um, originally, like I said, it was supposed to go for the surgery to cut part of the bowel out. Then they changed it to a colostomy bag. And I said, no, I'm not doing that. Then they said, obviously, it was a stoma. But then obviously my thing was that I said, okay, if I do the stoma, Essentially, you can train, but in terms of wrestling, even though I mean you talked about it, realistically, I, could, I couldn't take a bump. Mm. <laughs> I mean, looking at it now, I probably could take a bump, because obviously I, I know I had to bump, I know I can, can I control myself, but I don't know what that person's going to be like. Let's say that person tripped over me and kicked the bag or something like that, or, you know I mean, you, you don't know. Mm. You know, the stone a bit, you don't know. So obviously for me, it's okay. it was about um, trying to maintain the bowel as long as I could, but still get the right treatment, air quotes, um, the tablets and you know my drips and everything afterwards to basically keep me to wrestle, but also keep me from living the best quality of life that I possibly could. But um, yeah, I think in those years, obviously I found that, that there was a liver issue, but I didn't find out the severity of the liver issue until, gosh, last year, no, this year, sorry. I didn't yeah. find out until this year, this year, the severity, you know? And um, yeah, basically it was literally just like a a day by day thing for me. Whereas most people, again, it's, and it's, it's, for me, it's not about feeling sorry for myself at all because I know there's many people out there who have worse things than me. There's people out there with cancer, there's people out there with MS and Lou Gehrig's disease and stuff like that. So to me, it was like, okay, well, you know what? There's people who's worse worse off than me, and they're still enjoying their life. So I think I kind of got to a point where I said, you know what? I have to find a way to seek enjoyment every day. Because mm. to be honest, from 2012 to the, what gosh, what, 2017, you said at the time? Yeah, so yeah, it was a, you stopped. Yeah. yeah. So from, from that, from in that five-year period, I'll be honest, I didn't really enjoy my life that much. I was quite miserable myself. But on the outside, you would have never known. Mm. Like to people, it was fine. But, you know, deep down, I wasn't very happy. I was, you know, very angry with myself. You know, again, as a Christian as well. You know, I didn't blame God, but I was kind of saying, you know, how can this happen to me? You know, I don't do anything within reason to let this happen. So I was kind of going through, you know, a spiritual kind of challenge, but a, a, what was it, a block, a, um, I was going through basically a challenge as a human being. I was thinking, well, I want to live, but I don't want to die. Mm. You know, you, you start to think about your mortality. Because before then, I didn't think about my mortality at this point. Then when you start to realize, boy, you got all these things and there's complications that could happen, you, you know, Naturally, you start to think about that stuff. And for me, those things to me was just, okay, it's part of life. But then when it's you actually face with it, then it starts to scare me. But it scared me to the point of basically where I didn't enjoy my days. I was afraid to go out. I was afraid to speak to people. I was afraid to do anything within reason because I thought, well, what is going to happen to me? You know, and I know people might say it's silly. So I'll give you an example. Me, I can go to bed with no lights, no TV, no nothing. I'm good. But I think it got to a point where during that period, I had to have the TV on because I didn't want to go to sleep with the TV off because, again, it was like your day with your own thoughts. 
Mm-hmm. And because obviously in my thoughts, when I think it was dying, there's this, there's all this complications, there's all these sort of things that's happening. I didn't want to have that. So I think, to be honest, for about maybe five years, apart from the odd few times, I didn't go to bed once without the TV off. And then I wake up at nighttime, it's on, I turn it off, and then, you know, I conk out, I'm good. But initially to go to sleep, I had to have something on, some sort mm. of radio or something. And that's when I think it was really, really bad, you know? But, um, yeah, you know, 17 to 19, 2017 to 19, you know, uh, very challenging. But I think we got to, was it around 19? We did, we did Austria show, wasn't it? Austria. Yeah, so you, yeah, you started up again, taking bookings right at the end of 2018. You, yeah. you did your comeback match. So that was your first match in two years when you wrestled Steve Minnelli. Right? Yeah. That was your that was your return to the ring, and then I two months later, me and you, like I I kept started teaming up with you again. We did the business, and it was yeah. like this is going to be a year where we yeah we're going to do a bit more mm. kind of like sort of excited wrestling. Well. And yeah. it's like yeah, we're both we're both kind of making a comeback at the same time. Yeah, and we both yeah we just want to do more with the business tag team. We we done mm. the business years before. Yeah, but it's like yeah we wanted to take a little bit. That's what we wanted to. We did our and it, we worked in Austria. We did the, the book in UW where we won the tag belts, and we did, yeah. We obviously we were working for UK my promotion, yeah. And we did do it, we did a couple of other bookings. We didn't I it was um, well, it was it was a charity show, yeah. Bonanza. We did that show, yeah. but yeah, and was hoping to do more. We would have done like BHW, oh, yeah. I think that unfortunately the BHW clashed with the, the, the trip to Austria. Ah, uh, yeah. We would we would have done that that show as business. Yeah. So that was in May. That was that clashed the same day as the Austria trip or uh, same weekend. So we had to, we had to miss that. But it was like the intention was okay. You yeah, you feel like you're ready to go again. Yeah. And and me and you let let's do it as as a, as the business. Let's do let's have a yeah. run. Yeah. And obviously yeah, and it would have continued into 2020, but COVID. So we just have to have to put it on hold. But how do you how do you feel in yourself now with, with everything? I think in myself now I feel better. I think that you know I still have you know a bit of pains at the moment now, and um, you know at the moment I'm currently flaring up at the moment, but the flare up isn't too bad. So I'll be going into seek some treatment in a couple of weeks. So really by end, so basically by mid July. I should be, you know, good enough to, you know, train properly as I was doing before, so four or five times a week. Um, but um, about three months ago, I found that basically that my liver is in a really bad way. So they told me that I'm going to need a liver transplant, which, as you know, it's um, it tore me up. Mm. Yeah, it tore me up because obviously for me, it it basically kind of sent me back to 2012. So 2011, 2012, where, what do I do? And obviously, for me, it kind of basically put everything on hold in terms of, you know, wrestling, obviously, work, life. Just like, okay, well, what do I do with life then? And, um, yeah, it, you know, even now, I wouldn't say that I've accepted it fully, but I'm in a much better state from when they first told me. Mm-hmm. And I think, like I said, the first week they told me, I couldn't sleep. Again, I just couldn't sleep. I just wasn't able to think properly. And I think it probably made me feel health-wise worse. 
because again, I was overthinking, over worried that, like, you know, what's, you know, this thing's going to go. And I said to them, okay, well, how long do I have? You know, they, and they gave me, you know, the, the what's worth the time, but they gave me an estimation of when they think I would need it. And it made me even feel even more worse because I thought, well, it's not like it's, you know, 20 years ahead. It's, like it's less than 10. I'm like, Phew. and then it's like, okay, well, you know, you've got to find a match and you've got to make sure it's all these things. So I'm thinking, well, in less than 10 years, I have to be dead. That's, you know, and people may say, oh, you know, you're a Christian, so you shouldn't, you shouldn't think that way. And that's true. You know, you really shouldn't think that way. But I can admit, you know, the, the human side of me took over. The flesh took over. I was like, well, less than 10 years are gone. And I thought, no, you, you can't think that way. You know, there's always, there's always ways, you know, I will seek, you know, to find out, you know, if there's a you know, liver transplant somewhere, you know, there's a, there's a liver donor within my immediate circle. And if not, then, you know, we spread out, for, you know, as, as far as we can and see what we can do. So I think that's been like my, you know, my most recent, you know, kind of thing to do. No, sorry, my most recent uh, news on, on it. Mm. But, you know, obviously I still plan to come back to wrestling, obviously. So at the moment I'm training three times a week. Yes, I would like to do more, but because of circumstances, I have to work around it. Uh, at the moment, I've lost around 15 pounds at the moment, which is obviously very, very small. But by my, you know, by my calculations, because obviously I was training five times a week and I grew to be so big and I was really in shape. And I'm not saying I'm not in shape now, but the shape that I, as I was before, I'm nowhere near it. And I want to at least get back to at least that point. And it's like, okay, get back to that point and then we can work from there sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm feeling okay. You know, I take it day by day and, you know, I enjoy life. Again, you know, there's a bit of pain. Again, I have pain every day, but it's manageable. Mm. It's manageable and I work around I work around it as best as I can. But like I said, I go the way. So, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the thing. You've, you've obviously, you've taken the breaks. You've looked, you've looked after yourself. As yeah. best you can with, with the conditions you have. You've, you've, you've found workarounds uh, for a good 10 years. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Well, yeah. And we, I'm, I'm always there to give you yeah. advice and, you know, and help you with workarounds and, you know, to yeah. keep, keep, it, keep it moving. But yeah, yeah. This, this is to say that wrestling isn't done for you right now. No, you, no way. Yeah. You, you've, you've pushed through and you let's say that the fact that people don't realize. That you've had, you've been dealing with this. Like people wouldn't yeah. really know. Yeah, you know, your your career from 2012 to the present day, yeah, has been plagued by by this, yeah, like these health issues. But you've you've had a pretty consistent yeah. career. You know, you've obviously you've had to take breaks. We talked about the two year break, and there's yeah. been breaks in between. But you, you've done so. You've done some really amazing things to have actually, you know, to to have held held on and to you know to. And it, and as you said, wrestling is a is a massive thing to you. It's something I I know. Like you've you've said to me many times, like you don't want to just accept that. Okay, like yeah, just walk away from wrestling. No, you you want to to find a way to keep wrestling, even yeah. if you know with, with health issues. Like the easy thing to do is just cut wrestling out completely. Make sure yeah, just concentrate on your health. But it means a lot to you, and it's yeah. something you want to want to keep. Keep up. So you found, you know, you pushed yourself. You found ways to keep yourself involved and still, yeah. still put forth like commendable performances. Like you, you are highly regarded among your peers. Mm. But yeah, you know, I'm not just talking as your friend, and oh, no, no. I'm talking, yeah, you know, as, as somebody that's that's worked with you. That is one of your peers as a worker. Has also been a promoter, and 
didn't just book you because you're my mate. No. As I said to you, we've, we talked about this over, over many times. I say to you, in a way, the fact that I'm booking you for UKPW, it's like, first of all, if, if I didn't know you personally, I still would have wanted you on that team. I would have still wanted you in good spots. And to be honest, I probably would have used you even stronger. Mm. But obviously, the, the health issues was one of the reasons at certain points where we, we had that agreement, like, okay, we won't do anything too big. So, it, yeah. you know, so the impact wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't affect not only UKPW, but it wouldn't affect your career for people to really yeah. notice that, oh, you've just pulled out of a big match. Mm. It's like we, we had that agreement to, to keep that sort of, steady but my, myself like i would have i said sometimes almost like anti-book you so that people yeah, don't yeah. feel like i'm showing favorites because of because of our relationship so it's like yeah. you know our friendship i don't want people to think that oh i'm, I'm being biased it's like oh, i'm going to give gabe all the spots you don't deserve you yeah. deserve like the spots that you had and you probably deserve more but it's like sometimes i say i'm just yeah like i'd book you to lose when i probably if i had no bias and it was, you was just an average like somebody i don't i just know of but i don't know about I probably would have booked you to win. So you, yeah, you've never had that. But as, as a promoter, like I was again, so taking away my my friendship. Yeah. As, as a promoter, I say, yeah, you've been a you've been a massive asset to the shows mm. that I promoted. You've been great. Like when I, I've worked against you as a, as an opponent, I've worked with you as a teammate. Yeah. As a peer, as a wrestling peer, it's like you, you you're good. You've been good, like consistently good, despite having yeah. And I knew health issues you were going through at the time and if i'm in a tag match with you if i'm in a single like a match against you i would yeah if there was a problem i'd work you but never yeah never really needed to, work to do it, that yeah you just like you know you, when you've done a show you've been on and you put it's yeah you, so yeah. yeah you it's commendable i mean the fact is it's a yes you say people that have got other serious illnesses or but that is what you're dealing with is serious you've done amazing oh yeah and you, you know, the fact that you've been able to uh, have a wrestling career whilst going through that, commendable. You de you deserve. You know what it is, though. I think again, you know me, and it's like for where I want to go, it's like I won't say I feel robbed because again, there's always ways to work around it. But it's like mm. in terms of, I'll be real. In terms of like you know a a full time competitor, for where I want to go. At this point, I probably would need the liver transplant mm. because it's like I wouldn't want to go there. And then you have to basically, you know, have the transplant when you're there or anything like that. It's like, you know what I mean? I need to be in, in the best shape that I can. And, you know, I, <laughs> again, I'm trying to be coded now. Basically, again, you want, you want, to, go, you want to go to America, mm. you know, W, TNA, whatever. It's like, you know, that, that was always my goal to do that. And I won't say I feel like I can never do it, but it's like, well, at this point, if I was to go there, God willing, I think it probably would. Must, okay, I'm not saying that I couldn't get there as a wrestler, but I think realistically at this point, because of the liver, I feel like they wouldn't want to take a risk on me. Mm -hmm. But it's like, okay, well, what else could I do? Well, I could do commentary. I could do you know, something else. So again, you know, I have, I, you know, I have a degree in journalism. You know, I've done podcasts i've worked on radio I've, I've worked these sort of things as well i've worked on tv as a reporter so, so i got other areas in which i could also use it and a part of me i mean and you know me a part of me probably wouldn't like it because again i want to be the wrestler mm. but it's like if you give me basically the option of, okay gable you got to do this as in be you know commentary journalist whatever or you do nothing you know i, I would take the commentary role it makes sense but you know 
I think at the moment, I'm not sure you know, you know, one of my cousins, BT Justice, obviously he he's wrestling, mm-hmm. BT. And obviously, you know, as a kid, me and him always had dreams to, to wrestle. And he's like, obviously, on the side, like, I'm kind of proud of him because obviously he's wrestling, you know, and he went for the WWE, WWE tryout. I think it was last year, I think it was. So at least, you know, at least one of us is, is you know, it is hopefully going, going there. Yeah. It's like, well, if he's going to go there, then cool. I know he's got quite a good name at the moment. So, yeah. But I think, you know, the last thing before I go, again, it's not about being sad or having a, you know, a, um, a, pity, uh, a pity party or nothing like that. I think if you feel something in your health, go and get sorted. Don't wait. Whether you're a man or woman, don't wait. Don't think, oh, you know what? It's going to get better. This thing was, this thing was probably maybe about five years before. But I know from realistically maybe 2010, mid-2010, I know I started to feel something. I just didn't do anything about it. And I was ashamed. I was embarrassed that, oh, I'm bleeding. Or say, oh, you know, oh, it will go away by itself. It'll go away by itself. Oh, it's okay. I was, I was embarrassed to go to doctors. I was ashamed to go to doctors. Because the way I grew up, you only go to doctors basically if you're mad. And again, it's a very old African Caribbean mindset, which is sometimes a bit silly. But yeah, if you guys, anybody feels something, if you feel something's not right, whether it's your head, your arm, your chest, breathing, whatever, you, feel, uh, you just feel a bit odd. If it's not normal, get it sorted. Because you don't know what it could be. You know, you don't know. You don't want to wait and it hopefully gets better, but you don't want to wait and it gets worse. And it's like, oh my gosh, if only I'd come there earlier. And how many people die, have heart attacks, have strokes, have all these things because they just sat down and just thought, oh, it'll get better over time. You know? Mm. So yeah. Yeah. So everybody, that's my story. Obviously, it's, you know, it's been, gosh, 10 years. And to be honest, I wasn't sure whether I was going to reveal it at all, because again, I, I'm very private about these sort of things, you know, but, you know, someone who's got, you know, liver disease and has, you know, also the colitis, is about sharing a message, sharing a message and helping people who are in your situation, but also some people, obviously bring awareness to, you know, liver disease and bring awareness to colitis. That is Gabriel's story, so far at least as there are many more chapters to write, and he's already gearing up for a busy 2022. I realise it's not the most jolly episode to post on the week of Christmas, but we're going to lift the mood a little bit by letting Buff Broadside sing us out, courtesy of his Christmas karaoke videos from Facebook. Take it away, Buff. And I'm back for the wonderful, by by popular demand. Thank you, Facebook. You're only damaging your own eardrums. Here we go with our Christmas classic. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look at the five and ten Glistening once again With candy canes and silver lanes aglow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be on your own front door A pair of hop-along boots and a pistol That chooses the wish of Barney and Ben Dozen will talk and will go for a walk Is the hope of Janice and Jen And Mom and Dad can hardly wait for school to start again 
It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go There's a tree in the Grand Hotel One in the park as well The sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Soon the bells will start and the thing that will make him ring is the carol that you sing right within your heart. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Toys in every store. But the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. Sure, it's Christmas. Once more